Welcome to the VoiceOver Hustle. If you're in the business, you know voice acting is tough. Marketing your voiceover is really tough. If you're a voice actor who wants advice from industry professionals, marketing experts, and people who hire voice actors, this is the podcast for you. Now here's your host, Steve O'Brien. I love the quote from Einstein. It says, information is not knowledge. The only source of knowledge is experience. Now, you need experience to gain wisdom. Well, our guest today is the voice of wisdom people listen to in the industry. She is a veteran of the voiceover talent business, the founder of the Atherton Group Talent Agency, one of the most successful boutique agencies in the business, and sold her interest three years ago to focus on Cast Voices, a premier online tool and job opportunity platform. In fact, it just launched. She's most proud of her four grown children and her love of people. She is quite possibly the nicest person in voiceover. Liz Atherton, welcome to the voiceover hustle. Thank you for being here. Oh, you're so nice. I like that last line. I didn't send you that. I'm just saying, (laughs) but thank you. (laughs) (laughs) My pleasure. Well, tell me exactly what is Cast Voices? How does it work? Cast Voices uh, at its base is the culmination of dream of about 26, 30 years worth of work. Mm -hmm. But in general, for the voiceover uh, community, Cast Voices is a job opportunity platform. Mm. It's probably most fashioned after the old voice bank. You know, we are not the old voice bank, but it's fashioned after that um, in that we... You can directly invite someone to audition in that you can invite agents to audition or you can do platform matching. So we're, we're not exactly what they were. We're, we're, we're just a good version. We built it from the point of view of the actor. And we did that because, listen, not everybody's going to get invited to audition all the time or ever mm-hmm. or whenever. And we wanted to... For those people that upgraded, we wanted to give them uh, a good value for their dollar. And um, so now people that are on – and we have a thing we refer to as the TV, which is – a hundred stickies for upgrades to the system as we move forward. Uh, But it's, uh, you know, for the, for the newbie, it's a great web presence. I mean, you click on it and you got everything you need Mm -hmm. right there. You got a description, you got your clients, you got your demos. Um, And we also though wanted to make it available for those one who are extraordinarily budget conscious right now. I get it. Mm -hmm. And so we gave a free option for people who wanted to test drive it. You don't get quite the, um, presence on the site that you do otherwise but you still get an opportunity and mostly that comes into play with matching you know the more demos you have on there the more uh seo words you put on there all that other kind of stuff maybe you have a better chance of matching for a job in, uh, inter, uh invite sure but it is but it's really set uh to maximize the opportunities and just to kind of wind that up the way that works too when you get an audition invite you cannot buy your way up the food chain um and no disrespect for other platforms that do we all come at this our ways but in our case first come first received and um, the casting director can limit how many they receive mm-hmm. so you know it may go out to everybody on the platform but if that casting director only wants to receive 200 auditions get on it so anyway, that's kind of our platform. So in cast voices, you can not only audition. Could this be a way that you could connect with agents on cast voices? Well, 
Yes and no. Um, I know of an agent that sent out invites to cast voices mm -hmm. and used a distribution for something else. So suddenly he was getting, hey, thanks for the invite <laughs> <laughs> to, to join his roster. And he was a little overwhelmed. I'm like, well, I don't know what to tell you, man. got to be really careful. But he's a super agent, you know. And yeah. So in terms of connecting, yes, I mean, you can ping them and ask them for representation. However, I highly recommend that you do not do that. You know, agents are running businesses, and if you're wanting to get representation by an agent, go to their website, yeah. do your research, figure out, you know, there's those stories have been told over and over. But that's not really the point of it um, but it does segue into a feature that we're building it won't be there yet i mean literally we just rolled out our mvp and it is extraordinarily robust for an mvp and we're always adding to it but one of our features is we're going to have the a philanthropic pool of money if mm -hmm. you will and so you're a talent and you want somebody of high caliber to review your demo for example, mm -hmm. you can reach out on this philanthropic arm of cast voices. And if a if your person is there, you can say, you know, here's I would like to spend 20 charitable dollars with you. So the person looking for it is going to make the contribution to the pool. Right. But the person being asked to review it and give an honest opinion, which is visible, well, it's visible only to the talent receiving it, but they um, they get to decide where those twenty those twenty charitable dollars go. Okay. And at the end of the year, they get the tax stuff. So, I mean, that's that kind of community. I'm looking forward to build. But in terms of pitching to agents, yes, we will have that feature as well. Um, but right now, don't just randomly say, yeah. "Hey, I see you're on Cast Voices." <laughs> that's just not the way to do your business. No, there, there is a protocol to reaching out to an agent. And as you said, they can get besieged quite quickly. And you don't want to be caught up in that. Uh, you want to do it through the proper channels that they, and it's usually set up on their websites also. Well, yes, but let me add to that. Know somebody there. Make sure you talk to them about how they feel about their representation. Uh, and then ask them to refer you to their agent. Oh, that's, that's that's really the icing on the cake there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes, because they agents come in contact or get contacted so often, you know, having that referral can mean everything. In fact, a lot of agents well, require yes. a referral, too. Yes. Um, back in the days when I was an agent, I did. I mean, because it became overwhelming, you know, for, well, at the time, we were a star power player on Voice Bank. And, uh before you know the tsunami and so we became popular as an agency and i was totally honored by all of the um you know people wanting to work with us but you know you if you keep signing everybody suddenly you become a clearinghouse and yeah. that's not what we wanted to be yeah yeah so yeah what's the reaction been from agents do they miss the old voice bank system well, those are two questions. So the first one, do they, do they miss the old voice bank? Who doesn't? Yeah. You know, it was one of the few, I mean, agents paid to play on that. I hate that word, pay to play, but we did. We paid a lot of money each month by by section of the world. I mm -hmm. believe mine was, you know, I, I played in two. I played in the South and the East, I mean, the West. 
And, uh, you know, that ran me $250 a month, something like that, only to hope to be invited. Well, fortunately, you know, we rep some of the most outstanding talent in the world. And so we got invited a lot and we booked a lot. Um, so do I think agents miss that? <laughs> uh-huh, I do. Yeah. You know, even though it was expensive, it was a lovely connection and it was hierarchical in the way that it needed to be. Um in terms of what's the reaction of agents, I mean, uh, let's be fair, they're on the fence, as, as I would be <laughs> if I was an agent. Yeah. Um, we did make it uh, the, a, the, a very low barrier to entry. You know, we gave them three months. We're giving them three months free. You know, uh, we have almost 50 on the platform now, um, which is awesome. Back when I was doing my research on number of voiceover agents, there were about 220 and out of those agents, and that was pre-pandemic yeah. a year before. So I doubt all of those are still there. Yeah. You know, there's been some yeah. consolidation as well should. So, um, but the reaction is, I think, cautiously optimistic. And I, that's exactly the way I would be, you know. And the other thing, Steve, is that we kept the price point low. You're on it worldwide for $75 a month as an agent. So it's, you know... Again, our goal was to yeah. come from the the point of view of the talent, but for talent with representation, which is where a lot of the, you know, bigger jobs are posted. We wanted to make that an option for anybody looking to hire. Because, I mean, if you're a big-time casting director, you can certainly go to your own peeps that you really like. But it's so much nicer, I would think, to be able to go to a curated <laughs> platform of people yeah. and so if you have a big project you don't necessarily want to you, there could be that newbie out there that is fabulous but you'd rather hope that newbie already has representation and let the agents do the calling what, where do you see our industry or what are some of the biggest challenges we're facing today well that, that's again i think like a twofold question i think in terms of opportunistic voiceover work we're off the charts you know, we had to record everything pre-pandemic. We're now recording, re-recording everything post-pandemic. Everybody's gotten accustomed to talking to their computer, their phone, you know, talking to their TV. That's become much, even much more mainstream. And so that's your target market. Um, so there's lots of work out there. In terms of the voiceover community, it is such a wild west. And the need for people to be their chief marketing and sales officer almost precludes their need to be able to, um, you know, have the next latest demo because there's just so much there. So it's so competitive and it was always competitive. Yeah. I think the voiceover community is the most hands down, the most competitive community in all of entertainment. Um, but fortunately for the voiceover community, everybody's kind of nice to each other. Yeah. Not always, but nice. So, you know, while you're you're competing with your besties, you're not really because you can be besties and supportive on the surface, but you have different voices and it's different than the on camera world where your look is important 
on the voiceover world, I love it. I call us the, the tribe of misfits. We all work from closets. We, we all have, you know, something creative about us. You know, that's why I think when we go to, um, I challenge the, the, this, the spectrum of visual of the voiceover community with any comic con. I don't mean that rude. I just mean everybody is all over the place and lovely. Yeah. You know, you know, it's not a sea of, Beautiful, not a sea of ugly, not a sea of, it's just a sea of the most amazing, amazing creatives I can imagine ever hanging with. You know, and the voiceover uh, community used to be, at least the industry to me felt like it was kind of an exclusive club in that not a lot of people knew about it. They they knew they heard voices on things, but they didn't know that was an actual job 15 years well, or 20 years ago. But now it seems to have gone much more mainstream. I have, I have two stories there, you know, um, thank you, social media. That's, that's what, what did it, you know, mm-hmm. everybody likes talk and, you know, and social media just expressed it, but in the world of financing companies, which is where I also live right now, because we're taking cast voices also to an online, I mean, an on-camera presence called cast actors, not that voice actors aren't actors. That's just the name we got. But, uh, in that, the voiceover community is a very huge undocumented undocumented marketing segment it's huge yeah. and when you're talking to investors they don't understand it but in the terms of the community itself everybody gets it you know and they sort of especially with this last year mainstream community is starting to better understand what voiceovers are you know you have all these actors now mm-hmm. being interviewed for the voice animation they've done um, but a side story. So when I was, gosh, 18, 19, 20, somewhere in there, um, my dad was a big time jingle writer in the business. And he had a client, the guy that wrote the uh, Batman theme song. No, 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 no. Anyway, he, he came to town and my dad asked me to take him to dinner. And I did. And at that time, he said to me, you should do voiceovers. And I was like, uh-huh. What, what? Yeah. No, I'm in college. I'm doing big things, you know? <laughs> oh, my word. If only, I mean, I don't fashion myself a voiceover artist on any planet. And if I had really joined and jumped in at that time, you know, I would have been that girl from Texas because <laughs> not one can I, I don't want to get rid of my accent, but two, even if I did it, I just think it's absolutely impossible. So, <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, the voiceover as a market segment is just, it's becoming recognized. I mean, geez, geez, the amount of work. I mean, we are, we are a cog in industries that are hundreds of millions, even billions dollars worth of worth. You know, just one word, Siri, (laughs) you know, know, Siri, Siri's a lot of places. So, and in a lot of languages. Do you see that there's more work out there today than there was you know, 10 years ago. Oh gosh. Thousand percent. Mm. I mean, now your phones talk to you. Did they talk to you 10, 10 years ago? Well, you know, now you've got, no. <laughs> I mean, they, you know, I, I, I don't, maybe, you know, um, GPS systems have become incredibly smart. Mm-hmm. We're now e-learning. I don't remember e-learning except in these random spaces when you were at work and it was a bad video. You know, I, again, my timing is off. I'm old. I'll, I'm going to lean into that. But, uh, oh, gosh, the it, it's increased phenomenally just in the last year. 
just just e-learning alone. Oh yeah, you went from you know you went from you had to go to school to you could watch a podcast. So uh, or you could you know sign on and do an online course. I remember one of my kids. Um, well, I think they all did, but this one actually became part of the Duke TIP, the Talented Identification Program, I think is what it was called. Anyway, at that time, they did things online, and that was 15 or 16 years ago, and it was all typing, uh-huh. right? Yep. So now I assure you if that was an online course or yep. an online event, you know, it would be well produced. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, those are just some off-the-wall things. Let's just go to products. You know, everybody's hawking everything everywhere. So, yeah, commercial, off the charts. I think jingles are coming back. Unique voices are there. But in general, in terms of layers of work, I, yes, it has increased exponentially. You get approached by, I'm sure, a lot of voice actors on a regular basis that ask for your advice. What are, are like two or three things that you tell every voice actor that you should be doing? Well, in terms of uh, the experienced person, you should just be marketing and sales, marketing and sales, marketing and sales. In terms of your voice, I think if you can put together a jingle demo, I kind of just mentioned this a second ago, but I, listen, jingles are making their way back. I've been saying this for a couple of years now and I, you know, not that I'm always right, but I like to pretend I am, but I am right <laughs> on that one. And the other thing is uh, unique voices. I have literally, I have one of my besties is a voiceover, and she's got these amazing, unique voices. And I kept saying, you need to do Midge, Madge, Madge, and Michelle. Yeah. And that's how you should present yourself. And she's she thought I was talking about animation. I'm like, no, Midge, Madge, Madge, and Michelle are your arsenal your book of voices, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's not character. Oh, I guess you could call it character, but it's more, you know, a unique sound of you as a well. And they have personality, too, which just makes them adorable. Yeah. But, uh, I think, you know, everyone should every chance you get put your read in that meets the specs with however they like it. But I would add a second read if your agent will let you, which is a character voice or indigenous voice or something like that, that works for you. And that actually brings me to another point. And if this is controversial, I really apologize because I don't mean it to be, but some of the questions or some of the posts I've seen lately are people trying to pick up an accent from a different region. Mm-hmm. And I think those days are on cautious hold. I think our um, industry is very aware of mm. the job should go to the ethnicity, the, go- the job should go to the culture, uh, the person in those areas um, who are good. And I think when people who are not part of Boston, you know, let's just pretend I can do this and I'm trying to learn a Boston accent and I am talking this on high level, but it goes deep, you know, so I go and learn a Boston accent unless I am just sparkling amazing, which I I couldn't be, but it just pretend this really should go to a voiceover who's a Boston native. Mm -hmm. And I do feel that way in terms of, I don't know. But let, let me let me counterpoint that with acting. If you're a good actor and you can pull it off, 
acting is also extraordinarily important. And that was the one other thing I would tell you for the um, advice to the the more seasoned man, take those improv classes, (laughs) take those acting classes. We are looking for authenticity in the voiceover reads these times. You know, we want to catch your, we want you to catch the attention of the listener. Again, the reason for the, you know, hone in on your, on your, on your accents and your differences now, because everything is talking to you. You need to stand out in the crowd. You know, I, when I talk about this, I refer to the, the Super Bowl commercial year before last when Wedge Apakita, okay, Liz cannot do an accent, but you remember it was John Krasinski uh-huh. and somebody else. And do you remember it? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Point taken. Yeah. You know, so that's why if you can throw a second read on there, that is just, please don't be the same read when they ask for differences and make it sound like a different person. Um, but yeah, give them a separate read and make them think and make them giggle. Why not? Yeah. Stan, the, the, the idea of auditioning is to draw attention to yourself so that they, you're memorable, the, that you bring attention and you, you bring that copy alive. Maybe in a way they didn't even envision. Bingo. I mean, you have to follow the specs, right? They're looking yes. for draw, you know, sure. draw, whatever. But yes, I mean, in, in the voiceover world, it's not quite like the on-camera world where the audition is highly different than the actual being on set sometimes. Mm-hmm. But in the voiceover world, they either want you to absolutely replicate what you did Right? Or they want to know that, man, I hear some qualities in that voice that I think will sell our product. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's the old adage out there that you should give your auditions your 110%. Well, heck, yeah. Not only is it practice, it's uh, you've got to stand out. Just like you said, Steve, you have to catch the... Um, the engineer or whoever's, you know, narrowing those down attention. And I used to, I think I was one of the first agents that said, stop your slates. I I really do because I stopped them. Oh God, back 25 years ago, 22 years ago, 20, whatever it was, because I felt like if they didn't like your slate, then they would not go ahead and listen to your audition. So I felt like you were getting something maybe different. I don't know what those trends exactly are right now, but I would almost lean back into if, unless they said don't slate, give them a brief two to three second, something funny, you know, something different voiced than what they're about to hear. Mm -hmm. Or like, like I was counseling only if you're allowed to do it, but you know, get someone's attention. Keep in mind, they may have 400 auditions. They're clicking through. Follow their instructions, name it like they want. But, you know, if you get the opportunity, get their attention. You know, they're human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other thing I always think about is Matthew McConaughey has a very strong Texas accent. He has never shed that in his career, ever. And we just kind of embrace him as that's Matthew. That's that's him. And along those lines uh, we're seeing that it used to be in, in in the old days actors whether you're on TV or be just behind a mic you know all had to have the same diction we all had to say our a's the same and our r's the same but i think we are in this society embracing difference more so can you can you talk about how that's really changed in the industry especially lately well, yeah well, that's exactly what I was referring to with character voices. That's exactly what I was referring to. You know, again, everything talks to you. They don't want the, the I don't know, 
standard voice with no no spice to it. Yeah. They want you to stand out. And Matthew, you know, he got his start on non-camera. Matter of fact, I have a story about Matthew. Uh, way back when, the agency that I acquired a thousand years ago was the agency that was it was his agency. So I felt like, uh, you know, a part of me used to rep Matthew. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> so, but you know, he made his his mark on the world exactly who he is and he became so memorable that his voiceover carried over you know he again you couldn't have taken that accent out of him um but today it is the again it's my opinion but it is the accent accents the unique voices Mm -hmm. that are going to stand out and everybody's got it i think it's an opportunity for the announcers to come back second read why not hey i'm gonna you know (laughs) <laughs> because now it will catch attention for the longest time in early radio. I mean, mm-hmm. not early radio, but early voiceover, you know, the radio jockeys moved to the voiceover world and, you know, all of that was how voiceover was delivered. And then, you know, voiceover became very different and I'm not saturated, but just busy. So lots of voiceover were jumping in and you know, then it was like, Hey, sound like you're from middle America with no accent. And I just think that that has now come back to let's embrace uniqueness let's embrace diversity let's embrace all of that and you hear that in voices yeah that's you know heck i'm i was right i was i guess i was raised in texas yet but my mom was from east texas my dad was florida i sure didn't pick up the nondescript florida (laughs) clearly (laughs) Uh, you know but you know uh, that's just who i am there's no questioning i don't care where i go in the world oh you're from texas and if texas is a happy place which i don't know how happy it is right now but if texas is the happy place well people in the marketing world would love to capitalize on that yeah, I was talking to um, uh, um, an engineer that does a lot of casting I've been fortunate to work with. And he always says, I get a lot of male, pale, and stale. And he goes, you know, and I go, well, I'm, okay, at, sweet. I'm yeah. at least two of those. And he uh, he laughs. He goes, but you're not the third one. And he goes, that's what's important. You, you want to yes. not be stale. You want to be exactly who you are. But bring it to life. Bring yourself to life when you're out there. That is Excellent advice. Excellent advice. I, I mean, I love it. I'd love for him to get on Cast Voices, by the way. Go, go steal that opportunity. Just saying, Steve. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Sorry, I, I diverted there. No, no, no. You're fine. Tell me about your journey and how you got into the voiceover world. So back at the beginning of time, I opened up a talent agency called TAG, the Atherton Group. At the time, it was called Chow, C-I-A-O, like Chow, baby, talent agency. And I was very fortunate to start it with a a girl, Cami Harper, who was already working as an agent. And it was just a wannabe desire of mine. At the time, I was working in high tech. And then I... uh, Cami and I opened it up together, but I was a silent partner. And then I moved in. I left my corporate job and started. I took it over full time. So um, that was, again, at the beginning of time. And I was one of the first agencies, if not the first, mm-hmm. to have a website in all the world, which was way cool. you know. And then it grew. Um, but I started it as a desire. I had two 
they're now adult children in their 30s, but two really cute kids, and I threw them into the on-camera business, and they had some successes, and I was just like, I can do this, and I really like the business behind it. And over time, it morphed into tag, and over time, with the help of some amazing people, you know, we brought on the voiceover community, and then from there, we just got really lucky. We happened to sign some of the big names and um, just got lucky. And, you know, again, I credit the people that worked with me at the agency. Um, and I just was, you know, if, if my, my superpower is that I have a really good intuition with a good voice mm-hmm. and a good person. And my other superpower is that I could pick the right people to work with me to help my vision of an agency grow. I love the idea that you know what your superpower is and that you talk about it because I think everybody has that in them, you know, that innate Uh, ability to do something so good. Yes. Uh, You know, in terms of just Liz, the human, you know, I've been on real good, uh, make myself a better person journeys for, for many, many years. And one of the things I recognized that I do have and I need to honor is the intuition, mm-hmm. you know, that gut feel. And I just, mine is strong, you know, the force is with me, whatever. And I find that I'm most unhappy when I don't listen to myself. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is probably a piece of advice that's yeah. true to everyone. You know, your gut talks to you for a reason. And, and and pay attention to it. Validate it. Look back on when you've paid attention to your gut versus paying attention to the outside world. And that's what I do. You know, people have talked to me about my personal brand, which I think is just interesting. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm honored, but I didn't go out and say, oh, I'm going to create the Liz brand. I did coin the phrase with the help. I don't remember who helped me with Lisdom, but it's just for fun, you know, Lisdom, Wisdom. It's just fun. But, you know, I, I have this incredible opportunity to, to talk to people, but I give you the straight, straight talk. You know, I am, and I guess maybe that is my other superpower. I'm not really going to tell you to do something that I don't personally think you should do. Like today, and this is not a plug. This is just an example. Today on Clubhouse, oh my gosh, Clubhouse. But anyway, today on Clubhouse, I'm doing some uh, demo reviews. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I will open it up with saying, I'm going to be honest with you. It's not personal. It is, it is constructive love. And I will also phrase it with, I am but one opinion out of many. Mm -hmm. Hear what I have to say. If it resonates with that gut of yours, then yay, let's talk. If it doesn't, that's okay. Toss it aside and do your thing. So, and I think that's just my philosophy in life and everybody else's. It's it's superpower. Your superpower is that for indeed. I love that. Uh, That's a good way to look at opinions too. It's a opinion. It's not the opinion. It's just one opinion out there, and it can be, like you said, take from it what you need, and and maybe if there's things in there that you don't need, then don't worry about it. You and I have a connection, and I was really excited to have you on the, the, the podcast because you are my first national agent. Did you know that? You know what? Now that you mention it, I do. I was still at TAG at the time. It was, uh, when I applied, it was Chow. And then, oh my God! Yes. you were there. You 
So you you can validate what I just said. Yes, yes. And then you went to the Atherton Group, and uh, but no, I had had local representation, but you were my first national, and it was a big deal to me. I work with so many great people uh, at TAG. I loved it. It, it. You were my favorite. Oh, oh, you just made my day. Thank you. But you know, again, I I, I stand by that I had amazing people that worked with yeah, me. You did. You know, I learned from them every single day. Uh, where I sit this day is because of those people and my family and my friends. And I, I still stand in awe about the fact that I get interviewed. I'm like, <clears throat> wow, okay. <laughs> it's just, an, it's a, wow, Steve, that made my day. I'm so glad that we gave you good service. Oh my gosh. My main contact was James Boyle, and I just love James. Oh, James, James, James. I love James, too. Yeah, James moved out to Cali and took some other... I haven't talked to him in so long. Um, but, God, he loved he loved his VO tribe. He loved yeah. them. Still does, I'm sure. I think he was... Good when guy. he would call me with a job, he was ex- as excited, if not more so than I was. <laughs> Yes, he was. Yes, I mean, you know, that's what I'm saying. When you got that energy circling the the, the room, <laughs> yeah. Liz, I've just had so much fun talking with you today. What is a good way for people to contact you if they have any questions? So, I have a rather irreverent side to me, <laughs> if that won't bother you, because I have learned I'm not going to apologize. <laughs> I, You might try to find me on Facebook. I'd follow me. For whatever reason, my friends list is hitting that magic mark. But, you know, I, I have opinions. I, oh, no, I, I shouldn't say. I have a sick sense of humor. <laughs> so, <laughs> Facebook there. If <laughs> If you want to follow my more um, conservative LinkedIn, I mean, business side, not conservative, but more uh, uh, tempered, tempered, more tempered (laughs) side, follow me on LinkedIn or reach out to me on LinkedIn. You know, about three days ago, I'm on this clubhouse. Good Lord. (laughs) But I got to say, you know, Clubhouse is pretty interesting. I may have picked up some investors and I did pick up some casting directors that are going to start using cast voices. On Clubhouse, so bravo there. We're even adding, so pardon me, when you go on Cast Voices, you can put in your personal links like Facebook, da 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 da. On, uh, so we're adding Clubhouse as a dedicated link that people can add. I just feel like it's, it, yes, it can be a drain, but anyway, so that way. Those are the best ways to reach me. Private message me on any of those platforms. It's not like I don't want to give out my email address, but we literally are in the launch of things right now. We, I am nonstop going through email, and I am trying to keep that as clear and streamlined um, to help you know grow the platform as I can right now. Liz, I can't tell you how much fun it has been to have you on the podcast today, and thank you so much for sharing all this valuable information. Thank you. My pleasure. I enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to The VoiceOver Hustle with Steve O'Brien. Check out our website, thevoiceoverhustle.com. You can sign up for the newsletter, read the blog, and I'd love to hear from you. If you like the show, rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast.